Hey, Melody. Hey, Peter. Drew is busy doing his job, uh, so he may be able to join us uh, shortly, but maybe not. Either way, welcome to How College Works. Today we have a guest. Guest, would you please introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Jacob Kashiwagi, oh. and I've been working with students for a long time. <laughs> and in, to sort of peel the curtain away a little bit for our listeners, in what capacity have you worked with students? <laughs> Uh, in many capacities. I used to be a professor at Arizona State University, and currently I am the chairman of the Leadership Society of Arizona. Wow. And so Amazing. I've, I've worked with both college and also high school students. That is wow. fantastic. You, you are the perfect guest because all of the questions I have about high school, how high schools high school and high schoolers work, you could answer. And all of the information I have about how college works, you could also answer. So I'm just gonna hand the podcast off to you now. So now I'll be How College Works with Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we got in contact, one of, you, one of your uh, students or uh, mentees contacted yeah. me and said, I think my mentor would be perfect for your podcast. And I said, yeah, that would be great. Let's get him on. So here you are. There's so much we could talk about, but for today, uh, we decided to settle on going slow. Mm -hmm. So what do, you, what do you mean by going slow? Let's start there. Okay. Well, first, thank you for having me here, Peter and Melody. Um, what I mean by going slow, the best way I can explain this is if you are in a room and you need to get across that room, if you go really fast and it's very dark, the chances that you're going to go through pain and probably never make it across that room is very high. Yes, yes. Now, if you go slowly and you're kind of feeling for what's around you, trying to let your eyes adjust to the darkness, whatever it might be, when you go slowly, you'll probably experience less pain and be able to get through the room quicker. And so, yes. I was just saying, so to go fast, you must go slow. This is sounding very much like a mystery, mystery <laughs> man quote. Um, yes. But yes, please, please continue. Yeah. So this is very much like life. A lot of times people go very fast. But when you go fast, you can't see what's around you. If you imagine yourself going in a car, if you're going 10 miles, 15 miles an hour, you have enough time to look around you, see what's to the side of you, look in your mirrors, see what's going on. But as you speed up, say you're going 200 miles an hour, you now no longer can see what's around you. You now only have to maintain a fixed vision of looking in front of you, trying to dodge any objects that you might hit. And this is how people often experience life. They go so quick they no longer can figure out what's around them. And all they're doing is trying to dodge the issues and difficulties that they're experiencing in life. Yeah, that super resonates with me. For like most, most of my life, it <laughs> feels like that. <laughs> this certainly, is how most people go through life. <laughs> or certainly, I mean, I try to, try to not spend all of my time like that, but certainly there are periods of at least my semester where that is a hundred percent. And, and I think, I think I would refer to this as like damage control or triage mode. 
Mm. Like triage is not treating the whole symptom or you know healing the entire person. Triage is there are so many people coming in that are wounded that I just need to kind of stabilize them and move on because yeah. I can't spend enough time on each individual to get them where they eventually need to end up. I'm simply putting out fires, you know, plugging holes in the dike with fingers and not solving the bigger problem. Now there, there is something that happens as you go slow. And what you find out that happens when you go slow is you're able to observe what is around you. You're able to see life. And the more you can see, it's like in the room, the brighter it is and the more you can see where everything is, your life becomes easier, you can do more quicker, and you can be more successful at what you're doing. Because what matters in life is not what is in your head. What matters in life is understanding reality in everything around you. This feels very Zen, I think. It, it is kind of a, a Zen type of thing that, um, that resonates with many of the principles um, in, in um, the Eastern cultures. But it, it is something that I was never taught when I was younger, per se, that I don't have to be in a rush. In fact, as I've studied um, over the last 25 years and identified the most successful people in society, you find that most of them, they actually went a lot slower in life. They didn't do as much as they were younger. They, in fact, some of them just, you know, were, were messing around when they were younger. They didn't go to school or they were just doing things that people consider being fun. But as they got older, because they were able to relax, be able to understand who they are and what they enjoyed, because they were able to observe other people instead of speeding through life just looking at one goal. Th these are the people who developed the car. These are the people who developed the internet. These are the people who made many of the advances in society. Even when you look at Albert Einstein, he discovered the theory of relativity by sitting down and observing nature. Yes. Everybody wants an, an Albert Einstein on their faculty because he requires no research costs. <laughs> There's like massive returns. Uh, so you're talking about this and, I, and I'm thinking about uh, some of the conversations that you know, we've had uh, on previous ep uh, episodes of the podcast talking about some of the stuff that we've done in terms of spending time in what we feel like should be a relaxing sort of good way, but, but in reality leaves us just as stressed at, at the end of it. So, so Drew and I have talked about, you know, spending an entire day playing video games with friends or like watching movies and sort of checking out and kind of ignoring the things that the responsibilities that we had as, as students at the time. And then, you know, coming to the end of that and, and while in the moment it was sort of enjoyable, at the end of it, it's, you know, it evaporates, it's gone, and I'm back to just as much stress and anxiety as I had before, if not more, because I've now lost an entire day sort of in what I'm doing. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking about if I'm going slowly, sort of what, is that, what does that look like? Because in, wow. in, in one sense, I could take that and be like, I need to go slowly, I need not do as much, Good, today's video games. 
you know, yeah. today's not my homework. Today's not my paper. Today's not any of my responsibilities. Today I'm moving slow and I'm going to yeah. ignore all that. And I don't think that's what you mean though. Is that correct? Okay. So for example, if someone's asking me, what, how do I know if I'm going slow? When someone's going slow, they're relaxed. They're not worried about anything because there's no place they have to be or nothing they have to get done. So if you're playing video, video games all day, but you're very stressed and you're very worried about something, then that doesn't mean that you're going slow just because you played video games all day. It just means that you're spending your time playing video games. <laughs> Does this make sense? You can still yes. be very moving very fast, even if you're spending your time on things that might not get you to, um, you know, a professional goal. It, it might be trying to do something else. You might be too in a hurry to try to, to have so much fun that, mm -hmm. that you don't take a step back and see what you really want to do or what will really make you feel comfortable. Makes sense. So when someone's going slow, they're very observant of how they feel and what's going on around them. And so that's another characteristic of going slow. Melody, were you uh, going to say something? No, I'm trying, I'm taking it in. And of course, I'm always trying to make everything about writing. That's <laughs> only natural. That's what I do. Um, but so I was kind of, and this is a stretch maybe, but the way that I design like the course and then individual assignments is that we do go slow um, and that each piece builds on the, the previous piece. And if they will go with me and kind of take the steps that I ask them to take, when they get to that writing point, it should not be stressed, right? Um, but oftentimes students want to skip the three weeks of stuff and they, or they're not applying it and then their paper's due in two hours and it's rush, rush, rush. Um, but yeah. like, I don't know if that's even remotely in the same, but I'm trying to again, make it about writing because that's what I do. Um, but, and students seem to have this impression that they work better under pressure, which is, you know, untrue. But they're <laughs> like, well, I work better if I, under pressure, and so if I procrastinate, it's better for me. And I'm like, it's really not. But I think okay. usually, usually what I tell them is working under pressure and working better under pressure are two different things. Yeah. yeah. Forcing yourself, telling yourself that you're only going to work when you're under pressure is not the same as being able to do your best work. And I would feel that feels like the opposite of going slow to me. <laughs> yeah, it feels, it feels like pausing and not moving in order to force yourself to go fast. Definitely. Um, so this is the thing. You only move fast when you know what's going on. So for example, when you're going through a room, if the light's on, you've been through that room 50 times, you can move fast through that room because you know what's going on. You know where every single thing is. You don't have to worry about hitting anything. But we're talking about when we're younger. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I talk to students, I say, okay, look, I have an 80-year-old man who's experienced life, has been through full occupation, has raised a family, has been almost everywhere in the world, and I got you. You're 20 years old, you really haven't been very many places, you haven't had an occupation, you haven't had a significant relationship or have raised a family yet. 
who do you think knows more about life? And of course, the older man does. So when you realize that you don't know as much, that's when you want to go slower. Because if you're young and you don't know very much, but you think you know a lot, that's when issues happen. And so I, I like to tell students, yes, you might think you can skip steps, but remember, when you're younger, you don't know as much. Mm -hmm. You can slow down. You can listen to people more. You can be more observant of what's going on around. Right, and you have a pass for doing that. You're not, I mean, it is what, we, is what I want you as a, as a student to be doing in my class, is to be observant and be watching. And the expectation is that you are, uh, you are learning and it is appropriate for you to do so, where as in a, in a class, say in physics or something like that, the expectation for me as somebody who you know, has an advanced degree and years of experience is that I should be uh, taking, taking an active role, moving a little faster, you know, if that's needed for other people, right? Because this yeah. is the this is the burden that we we are supposed to carry as mature adults is to take that lead and to carry that load and to move fast when it needs to be moved when we need yeah. to move fast. And you know that's something that I wasn't told when I was younger. So for example, in high school, oftentimes in high school, it's very tempting to want to be able to skip a math class or be able to take the advanced math class, even if it's a struggle. You want to have that prestige, and you're thinking you're saving yourself time by skipping a semester of math. But what people don't realize is that if you're going to use math and you want to be good at it, if you don't get the basics down really well, it takes you three to four times longer to learn the complex math and understand it and do well at it. And so by skipping a semester, you're actually making it 10 times more difficult for you as you get up to calculus and calculus two and calculus three. Whereas if you didn't skip the basics and you went over it really well and you went through it slowly and learned it very thoroughly, then you would just skim through the upper math classes as if they were nothing. Yeah, I'll co-sign that. that is, <laughs> I mean, that is, I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before is I came into college with AP credit for physics and for I think Calc one is what it was, mm -hmm. uh, and so I expected to be moving forward in both of those. So I didn't sign up for the first semester of physics. Is like I'll take the second semester next semester if they don't offer it now. It turns out that's not the way that works <laughs> within your major. That AP credit often is sort of elective credit within the major, but it doesn't exempt you from your classes in the major. They really want you to to get that foundation. So I ended up a year off in sort of my math versus my physics. So I wow. took calc again and I you know, moved forward and I was doing differential equations when I was in second semester physics. Uh, and it wow. was a very interesting experience being able to see the advanced math that we really should have been using, but because it's a second semester physics course, we can't assume that differential equations is anybody's taken it. And so we have to do all this sort of bend over backwards, find these other ways to explain it or tricks for math to address it. Uh, but it made, it made those calculus courses having a good foundation in those really easy. And it made much of the math in my physics major 
uh, uh, maybe not a cakewalk because there's some pretty advanced stuff in there, but you know, yeah. much smoother sailing for me than for some of my from my cohort. And and that's why, you know, going slow is something that I actually learned from older people. Mm. But if you can do it when you're younger, it makes your life so much easier. Mm. I I drive with my father all the time. And while I was younger, he loves to speed. He loves to, you know, go fast. But over the last 10 years, I've seen that he drives really slowly now. Whenever he turns, he, he does it very slowly. His reaction is very slow as, you know, pertaining to the decisions he's making on the road. And as I've observed it, I've realized it's because, one, he's a lot more safe now. Mm -hmm. and he realizes that one false move it, it could be the end of his life and so he's learned wisdom over the years that he actually doesn't know very much even as an older person and so it's good for him to go slowly um, as he does things yeah that 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 makes sense yeah and there's probably plenty of times in my past where i've just with driving been like done something and then immediately like that was stupid i shouldn't do that <laughs> you know but that the willingness to admit that and to change my behavior is much higher now yeah in yeah. That, I'm, that i'm older like somehow admitting it to myself is not a yeah. sin or a defeat <laughs> like it felt like when i was 20. <laughs> yes and, and it's very hard the main thing about going slow is you go slow because you realize you don't know. Mm -hmm. It's the realization that what's in your mind is not as important as what is reality. And so you go slow so you can see reality. You can observe what's going on around you. And as a, as a young Japanese boy in his teenage years, for me to find out that I did not know everything in life, I mean, that's, that's a game changer. It, it, it totally changed my whole world because at that age, I thought I was the smartest person in the world. And to yeah. find out that, no, you, you are not, and there's a million things you don't know, that was, that was quite the day in my life. It was not a happy day for me. Yeah, that, that I, I recall having a similar sort of experience coming into college and being like, leaving high school, you're like, I know it all. I'm super prepared. Like I got great grades, you know, let's go let's conquer the world, whatever that means for me. I didn't even know what that meant. And then just like, just kind of face plant into my first semester writing course. And then sort of going forward and be like, Oh wow. There was so much more out there than even the stuff that I was good at, even like physics, you know, that there's so much more to do. And to understand that I will ever be able to, even if I dedicated every moment of my life to this. Yeah. And, it, and it was very humbling. Uh, <laughs> so is going fast is like uh, a product of youth, or do you think it's also a product of like our, our the pace of our society or both? Mm. I think it is both. Okay. And it takes a lot to overcome. And so that is the advice I give to all younger people is if you want to know the secret to success, it is realizing that you can go slow. 
And I always mention to them, all the people who took forever in their life to be really successful, but when they became successful, they, they totally changed the world. You look at people like Henry Ford. Henry Ford was into wanting to make a movable vehicle for his whole life. And finally, he did it. But when did he do it? Not when he was, you know, 20. Not when he was right out of college at 24. He did it when he was in his 40s. And in 10 years, he accumulated enough wealth that he is like the third richest person to ever live. And he gained most of his wealth in 10 years of his life from when he was around 50 to 60. And That's so I tell, I tell students, look, if you think you're not on the right track, well, look at, uh, I, I think his name is Momofuku, Fuka. He's the one who invented the cup of noodle, and he is incredibly wealthy. But he didn't do that until I think he was in his 40s or 50s. Before then, he was kind of a failed business person. He, didn't, he wasn't really very successful in any business venture he made. And, but he, he figured it out as he got older. And so I, I tell students, if you look at these young people and you think they just became successful overnight and that's what the world is nowadays, it is not. And, and you can even see a lot of people who've made a lot of these very big and powerful companies like Bill Gates and uh, Steve Jobs. They went through tremendous failures when they were young. And, but they spent a lot of time on doing the thing they loved. And it's because of that that as they got older, even though they might have been young, they spent all of their youth relaxing, doing what they enjoyed. And because of what they enjoyed is how they developed their companies and became very successful. Excellent. So Jacob, I'm, I'm interested in what this going slow looks like in sort of, you know, how, how do I advise my students to go slow? What does, what does that look like? Uh, in terms of should they, or I'm sure it looks different for everybody, but does this mean that they need to take fewer credits if possible so that they have more time to spend on each of their classes? Or does it mean um, that they need to spend less time, like spending an entire day playing video games or like manage their time better? So for, for our, for my sort of, Yes, I, I understand the question. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what I advise students because everybody has a different capability level. So going slow for one person might look like it's going really fast for another person. So I tell them, if you're looking at how many credits you should take, remember, going slow means you're not stressed. Going slow means things are easy for you. Going slow means you have more than enough time to do everything that you really enjoy doing in life. So if you're taking so many credits and that's all you can do and you're stressed and it's very tough for you to get good grades in the courses and you can't do the fun things that you always hoped that you could, then you're going too fast. Then cut your course load down. You don't have to get through college within the three years or the four years that it usually takes. You can, you can relax. There are other things that you can watch. Um, going slow means, one, 
you can do what you love. Two, that you can relax doing it. That you're not always having to do something and, and, and causing yourself to be overwhelmed. Going slow means you can get enough rest. It means you're not getting sick very often. It means you have enough time to feed yourself and to take care of the basics. What I tell people is, look, if you want to go slow, this is what I, adv I advise you. Hopefully you've seen Marie Kondo. It's on Netflix. Go watch her. <laughs> yeah. She shows you how to tidy up your house. Well, tidying up your house and getting rid of all of your clutter in, in your apartment or all of your belongings is much like tidying up your life. Put everything that you have to do in one place. Put it in a list and see all the different responsibilities you, you have, everything you have to do. And I tell students, when you do that, then cut it by 50% just take stuff off. And they say, well, I can't just take stuff off. I need to do everything. And I tell them, <laughs> you need to remember one of the things of success is one, it takes dedication. And two, nobody has been incredibly successful at multiple things. So if you want to be a, a concert pianist, well, you better spend all of your time on that. Don't think you're going to be a concert pianist and you're going to be an expert business person and then you're going to also take care of, of 10 dogs and, and you know, take 21 credits a semester. Even if you could do that, it wouldn't be beneficial for you because in the end of your life, you're not going to be doing all of those things. So one of the things to go in slow is maybe looking ahead, having a vision of what you really want to do. Marie Kondo says, only take forward in your life what's going to bring you joy, what you're going to use, and what you're going to enjoy. I give an example of playing the piano. I played the piano and, and took lessons for the first you know, 13 to 15 years of my life. How much do I play the piano now? I really don't. It's not something that brings me enough joy that I spend time in my life right now to do. Mm -hmm. And so it will be hard you will feel like you're sacrificing but when you look at your list of all the things you need to do cut it by 50 percent, and you're going to find out you will be so much of a happier person i've i've had this experience it's sort of in a more well may it maybe may or may not be more extreme but i've had an advisee who's struggling in classes and i'm like you what are your extracurriculars and She's like, I am president of, of, I think it was the Student Government Association. I was like, I think I advise you to step down. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, but I'm, I'm the president. And he's like, it's like, someone else will fill it. Your academics are more important than fulfilling an obligation that you took on to this group of people. Yeah. And it won't fall apart if you leave. So <laughs> my advice to you is to not do this anymore. She stayed, <laughs> struggling, and 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 then had a had a very difficult semester that semester. Uh, but yeah, it's it's that cut cut it loose. And I and I like like that you point out that it's it's different for everybody. Everybody has different sort of 
starting points and places that they have sort of arrived to in terms of you know, what they can handle and what they understand and what is challenging yeah. and not challenging. And uh, certainly when I was in school, there were people who were obviously going slow by their pace uh, in the same classes where I am uh, struggling <laughs> to keep up, you know. Uh, so it's, uh, it's definitely makes sense that it takes some calibration. It takes some time to, to try to do what you think is going to work Yes. and then reassess. Now, I, I do have to say another thing about going slow and to emphasize it, um, going slow means you are observing and taking notice of what is around you. Mm. Going slow does not mean just sitting there doing nothing with your eyes closed. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And I learned this when I was in college. Um, I took a class. It was a, a unique class because it was a mixture between engineering, product design, and marketing and business. <laughs> so <laughs> Sounds like what we now call entrepreneurial. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. So it was an engineering course, but you actually had to make something. You had to develop a marketing plan. You had to present and, and you had to actually sell it um, to the class and to the teachers and, and professors and whatnot. But I remember that um, I, I barely spent any time in that class. But I, I would look for people in the class. So when I sat in the class, I, I looked for some of the smart people. I'd sit by them, get to know them. It had nothing to do with the class. But I got to know these people. There was one test in that class they had a midterm it was worth almost 50 percent of your grade and the product was the other 50 percent mm -hmm. i was one of three people who got over a 90 percent on that test when the average was like in the 40s and 50s wow and the reason being is because the people that i met and that i befriended they just so happened that each one of these groups that i knew the day before the test, they were studying and they taught me everything they knew on their part of the test that they were an expert at. Wow. And because I knew all three of these groups and, and they showed me different pieces of information, I didn't study at all except for a couple of hours with these groups. And, and it made, because everyone scored so low on that test, it made an A in that class really, really easy for me because they curved the grade. And, and so I, I, I received a lot of uh, points for that test. But because I was observant, because instead of just focusing on the class, I was watching the people around me. I was watching what was happening. I was watching what the professors really cared about. It allowed me to do very minimal effort and go slowly, but be able to do very well in the class. Mm. I this is reminding me of, you know, again, in, in my experience, uh, taking classes and kind of seeing what going, you said going slowly doesn't mean sitting with your eyes closed and doing nothing, but rather being relaxed and observant. And this is giving me a different context for a story uh, that I tell about one of, one of the guys that I went to college with who graduated with me. And I, you know, I tell the story of, of how I, Peter Highland, regular student, sitting in the classroom is about maybe 15 of us in in my class uh i think it was like first semester electricity and magnetism and i'm just trying to 
take everything on the board down onto a piece of paper so I could look at it later. Uh, and up at the front, in the front row, and this was a uh, class with, um, bench is not the word I want, but it's like a, a long tabletop with the chairs behind it in rows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, this guy is sitting with his feet up on the desk, leaned back in the chair. <laughs> and he's just got, kind of got his, I mean, he's, he's got his arms crossed, but not like he's mad. He's just, kinda, he's just, he's relaxed. Chilling. He's, he's chilling. This is, this is hang time with him. And the professor is lecturing me like, well, what about blah, blah, blah. And the professor's like, ah, well, and he's explaining, you know, his question to him. I'm just barely copying this stuff down. And maybe with like half a mind, 10 minutes later, I'm figuring out why that was a good question to ask. <laughs> and so, and so so that's what going slow looks like from the outside. Yeah. This guy had done whatever it is that he needed to do to come in, and he wasn't trying to understand all that material. I mean, there's certainly, he probably understood a lot of it already, but he wasn't worried about trying to make total sense of everything in that moment. He was observing what was going on and trying to connect it to what he already knew. Wow. Uh, while I'm just trying, I am rushing through that material i'm not i'm taking notes not because i i'm i'm thinking about how does this relate to what i already know and making note of it i'm copying down what's been written on the board <laughs> and so i am i'm simply rushing to capture all that information uh that's on the board without actually having any or very much at all uh attention to observe Yes, to, to ask the question why. You know you're Correct. going too quickly when you can't ask the question why. Why am I learning this? Why did I get a bad grade on the test? Why am I not doing well in my classes? Why are things taking so long for me and so short for others? When you can ask the question why and you can look into it, that's when you know you're going slow. And that's partly why going slow is so beneficial. Because when you're young and you go slow, you can figure out the answers to questions that will make your life easier in the future. Why is someone else able to do it quicker than I? When you take the time to figure that out, you then can do things quicker. Why am I not doing well in my classes? When you take the time to figure it out, on all your classes after that, you will do 10 times better. And that's going slow. Hmm. So I'm reading this book that's called Becoming an Academic Writer by Patricia Goodson. Um, I'm reading it because I'm hosting like an accountability writing group for graduate students. Yeah. And I wanted to give them, uh, basically I'm reading it to summarize it because they don't have time, <laughs> just to give them some tips and tricks for like some of the things that she's talking about. But she spent the entire first chapter talking about um, deep or deliberate focus. Um, like the idea that you have to really, you know, think about things and you have to immerse yourself in it. Um, and so she was suggesting, like, and it really is kind of a slow approach. Like you start off 15 minutes a day. That's all you have to dedicate is 15 minutes a day to writing. And then, then you just gradually add one minute to that every week or whatever. <laughs> And it kind of sets up this um, idea of, well, I guess making it scheduled and that kind of stuff. But like you, you can't become 
good at something unless there's this deep or deliberate focus on it, right? And the going fast means you're not deeply or deliberately focusing on much of anything because right. you're just like, what's next? I got to do this. I got to do this. And that's kind of how I feel my students are a lot. And there's not that reflective component. There's not that connection component, um, which is what you're talking about, like why or how can I do this differently or better? And that's, I think, what's missing. And some of that is some of that focus. And yeah, that exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yay, I get an A. <laughs> I, I, might, I might also, I, th I think a coming to a realization is, is well, or yeah, I guess realization in that talking about going fast and going slow is not about the pace at which work gets done. Right. Right. And, and you've, you've, you've explicitly mentioned this, Jacob, in that going slow means that you can relax and you can observe. And what if we're not sort of if, if I'm not thinking about what that means in terms of what's what's happening is that I can be getting a lot of work done but going slow and yeah. that's some of the things that you see for people who are experts or very practiced at what they're doing yes yeah. they're not rushing it's not that they are going crazy and getting stressed out and you know barely keeping all the balls in the air they're just going at the pace that is appropriate for them to go. And if you like watch a chef, a professional chef cook, which I'm sure there are like two dozen shows on like Food Network, you know, you can watch them prep food and it is super fast, but they don't look rushed unless it's like Iron Chef or something like that. It's, they're, yeah. they're just prepping it. They're just fast because they're really practiced. Right. Um, yes. And so it's not that we need to, you know, as you say, as you, take the time to build up as you build that foundation then what you can do quickly later on by sort of you know, an objective standard is you know faster and faster and more and more things you can do that way but you should feel that you are comfortable in what you're doing not necessarily that it's no work right because you know, you're building those skills you're building that perspective you know, you're building all of these all these aspects of, of, of what you need and so you know, expect to be challenged, but the ideal here is that you are challenged in a way that you can take the time to be challenged. That you yeah. are not, yeah. <laughs> We're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, like this is, you know, sometimes when we think about like academic writing, again, I'm gonna bring it all back to writing, so that's what I do. Um, you know, you think, oh, I have to pound out this, you know, 15 page paper over the next week. And this approach is very much like, no, you know, you add, you do a little bit at a time, you're very deliberate, you take notes, you reflect, it becomes part of your daily habit. Um, and so then it's not that stressed, freaking out moment. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, it's steady. Um, it's stable and you're like chipping away at it and you have time to think about it and to reflect and to like be thoughtful in the whole process as opposed to like, you know, yes. word vomiting or whatever people do. <laughs> yes. And it, it's as simple as that. It's if you're stressed and worried, then slow down. Hmm. Then find a way in your life to whatever stressing worrying you to make it so that it's not as pressing or it's not as much of a worry for you and figure it out. 
Yeah. All right, I'll get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know, sit and think. That's you know, which yeah. I guess is the point, right? Is yes. <laughs> to spend some time reflecting. That is why meditation, yoga, a lot of these things they find when people do them that they become more happy in their life. They become more successful. They become more focused because that's all meditation is doing is, hey, just sit down and just clear your mind and just be there. And it's, it's an amazing thing what happens when you do that. True. Well, I think, I think we'll, we'll end there because how can we... How can we tie it up any better than that? We have figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jacob, thank you for joining us. I hope we can have you on again sometime and discuss one of any number of interesting topics with you because uh, this was lovely. This was really great. Well, thank you so much for having me here, Peter and, and Melody. You're yeah. welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, totally. So listeners, if you have a question for me, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Hyland, D-O-C-T-O-R-H-Y-L-A-N-D, or send me an email, peter.o.hyland, H-Y-L-A-N-D, at gmail.com. All right, see everybody next week. Bye. Bye.